listening to the Mountain Movers Podcast. Welcome back. In this episode, I took a seat with one of my closest friends, Noah Pellman, also known as Pelly. We talk about his love for music, his journey to date and how we got his start, where he draws his inspiration from, and his perspective on something very important, passion. Now, if you like what you heard at the beginning of the episode, that is a Pelly and Jason original called New Life, a track they released on their EP. So check that out. So with that being said, let's move some mountains. Cue that intro in three, two. This is the Mountain Movers Podcast, a platform for you. The ones with a voice to be heard, but no microphone to speak it. This is your time, your chance to become more than they believe you are, more than you believe you are. So let's do this together. What's up, guys? I'm sitting here with a very, very, very close friend. Let's go. Noah Pellman. We've gone to school together for years and years and years, and um, I'm really happy to have him on the mic. How you doing, Noah? I'm good, bro. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, we've been trying to make this happen for a while, so I'm happy, happy that we got to do it now. Absolutely. So, to kick things off, bro, who are you, and what the hell do you do? Yeah, I do. My name is Noah Pellman, uh, also known as Pelly, as you said. Uh, it's funny, that nickname actually came from a hockey coach and took it and made it my artist's name. But yeah, I guess you could say I'm a singer. Uh, I play sports, so I guess that kind of makes me an athlete. Um, I'm currently studying accounting at Western right now. So, uh, I, you know, I got to take one, one extra semester, but, you know, away she goes sometimes. But uh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, kind of who I am. I just recently started releasing music with my buddy, uh, Jason, who you, who you guys all know. And uh yeah, we just recently started releasing the music we make, and yeah, it's been fun so far, and just happy to be on the pod with the, with the goon himself. The goon himself. <laughs> I'm flattered. I'm really flattered. Let's go, baby. So, you mentioned being an artist, so what does that entail for you? Who are you as an artist? I mean, an artist for me is like, it's all about expressing yourself or expressing like a vibe, right? And for me, like, when I'm writing music, I'm not always writing like always about shit that I've gone through. So I don't know if I'm about to swear on it, but you might have to Go for it. This is an explicit episode. <laughs> okay, there we go. say that now? Because I know that it's going to come out. But yeah, like, I've told you this too, like off the record, like a lot of things that you guys do with people around me, they inspire the music that I make, like a vibe that someone creates. Or whether it's just in the studio, you know, if we're like, we're feeling like badasses one day, we'll write a song, we're flexing like crazy, even though like in real life, I'm not like, you know, I don't have a foreign car like I write about in sandpaper, uh-huh. you know? But it's just something that, you know what I like to do, um, but yeah, man. Like, I, I that's to me what art, art is all about is just you know expressing yourself and uh, you know not having second thoughts about it. So you know I like to. I, that's a big thing I like about music is you can kind of have this bravado about you and put it in your art, and it's something that's hard to express sometimes. You know, without music. So. And the cool thing is that I've realized is that Noah Pelman is different than Pelly. Yeah, Pelly oh, is sure. kind of this identity you built for yourself. <laughs> this musician, this um, musician, this artist. Yeah, oh for sure, dude. It's it's you know like. <laughs> yeah, it's, and that's something for a lot of artists. Like, I'm not comparing myself to Eminem at all, but like, he has, like, three alter egos, you know? So it's, like, it's kind of cool. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, I'm super different from the Pelio here. It's, like, I still want to be authentic and genuine, but it's, uh, no, it's interesting. Like, you're 100% right. It's definitely, like, once you become, like, you know, the artist version of yourself, you kind of, you'll project something that you might not always have thought, like, just on an everyday basis. But when you get into the studio, it's, like, damn, 
I'm feeling some type of way, so I'm going to write about it, you know? Yeah. So how did you get your first step in music? What got your foot in the door? So the funny thing is, dude, like, I didn't know, like, what for, for one, it was a very young age. Like, I didn't know that I could sing, really. And I remember my mom was, like, a huge Josh Groban fan. So she always played You Raise Me Up, which we always bought to now because we love that. Exactly. But she would always play it, right? And then so one time I just started singing it. My mom was like, no, like, keep singing that. Like, so I started singing. She's like, holy crap. Like, you're, she was one was like, you have a great voice. Like, holy, because she thought she was, like, the singer of the family. Yeah. Right? You know, my, mom, my mom, she's a good singer, but she, she loves singing. And I definitely think that's where I kind of got my musical, you know, ability from or, like, the love for music from. But, yeah, it was funny because uh, it was just one day. I remember I was, like, literally in a room. I think Maddie was there, too, and we were just all singing. And she was like, no, like, holy crap. And then I was like, I never really wanted to sing in front of people. Like Maddie actually sang. Uh, Maddie's my sister, by the way, for, for everyone listening. Twin sister. Um, but uh, yeah, she she was like the first one to sing in our family in a grade five talent show. And the following year, we, we sang together. And that, and that was, was your first time performing? That was my first time performing. And dude, if you watch like the video of it, like I'm literally like just pacing on the stage, like barely moving, but like, you know, swaying side to side. I was so nervous. But it was, uh, it was yeah, it was the first time I ever, ever performed. It was a good time too. Like I, I mean, I really enjoyed it, but I was super nervous, no doubt. And like nerves definitely like carried with me for a while. You know, like it took a little while to get over them. But now I'm at a point where I actually like enjoy and kind of look forward to performing. So there's a lot of people that you know they can sing, and you know they can sing when they're 10, 11, 12. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But what was it for you that made you stick with it? You know, a lot of people drop it. A lot of people yeah. move on to something else. Yeah. And, like, I'm not going to say, like, there was definitely times, like, up until now from when I started where, like, I kind of didn't lose the love for it, but, I, you know, I wasn't as motivated to sing, um, like, as much. And I only recently really started writing original music. But, you know, I'd say, like, it's got to be, like, the feeling you get when you're performing that's going to keep you going. Because if you don't enjoy that, you know, what's the point of doing it? Like, and, and that, I think, for a while was the reason I didn't, I wasn't, like, in music as much. is because I was, I'd get nervous. I'm like, I was doing a lot of competing, which actually honed me. As a as a, like a, a singer that got my skills up there, got me pretty comfortable with making music and singing. But I think the the constant like competition aspect of it, where like I had to make sure I was completely on all the time, and like you're being judged. Which I, I you know I do like competing. Don't get me wrong, I'm a competitive guy. But I think that partly partially put a lot of pressure on me, and for that reason, like I, you know I kind of for a little bit like I wasn't as into music as as much. But I, like I I'd say like it's definitely the feeling you get when you're up there. You know, like it's crazy because like. You can be nervous, but then you'll get up there and it's like you're the most comfortable you've been, you know, on stage performing. But like, I, I'm way more nervous going into it than when I get up there. I'm like, holy crap, this is so fun. Like, I don't want to leave. You know, I want to keep singing. Like, I would sing all night here for you guys if I could, you know? I think that's the thing about being an artist. It's like, you kind of get lost in this world. Exactly. This world, right? Like, uh-huh. you be, when you become Pelly, and I'm not saying that, like you said, Pelly is not different than Noah Pelman. They're the mm-hmm. same person. No, I know what you mean, though. Um, but when you step on stage and you're Pelly or you start recording a track and you become Pelly, mm-hmm. it's almost like... You get lost in it, yeah. for sure. One hundred percent agreed. Yeah, dude, it's 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 fun, man. I, and I miss it. I haven't performed in a while just because of like you know everything going on. But John and I will when we get up there and he's playing guitar next to me, like especially when I have a couple drinks, you know, just to calm the nerves a little bit. Oh man, I get so into it. It's it's awesome. And uh, obviously, I've been to your yeah. concerts. Yeah. I've been to your performances. You performed on New Year's, like yeah. in the house with a bunch of people. You performed at bars and stuff. What's your favorite setting? Do you think to perform? In? Okay, so it's funny you ask because it's changed. At first. Like, and it's honestly because I performed so much in front of you guys, but like years ago, not like not obviously that long ago, but um, I would love to sing like in a bigger setting where I couldn't see the individuals looking at me because I would, you know, I'd get nervous so that someone's not liking it um, or, you know, and, and 
like I would say now it's changed more to like, I actually enjoy singing in smaller settings. You can get more personal with the audience. I mean, I wouldn't say I love singing at bars. And the only reason I would say that I'll still do it, obviously. It's still fun. It's just like, I personally get insulted when, you know, and I don't blame the people, but like if someone's there and they're not listening to me, I feel like I'm not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously it's going to happen at a bar because people are on dates. They're, you know, they're eating, they're socializing over food and they're not always listening. They kind of just like the music as a background noise, which I understand. But that's one of the reasons I, I don't love it. I still I still do it. And I still love to sing. But, like, I would probably say the bars are probably my least favorite part, place to perform just because it's not, like, a performance in the sense that everyone's there to watch you type thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I would say, like, now it's, like I said, it's definitely more small settings. It's probably because of you guys, like, just performing with everyone, you know, getting your guys' feedback and just how much you guys love it. Mm-hmm. When we, like, when we all sing together or when I sing, it's just, you know, it's a great feeling, so... I definitely like. I, I've. It's weird that it's. It's kind of shifted. Although, I, trust me, I'd still. I'd, I'd still play the solid arena if I could. You know. Yeah. But uh, one day. One day. One day, maybe. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely. It's. It's interesting how that. How that happens. Yeah. So obviously, you started at a young age, and uh-huh. you've continued to sing up until this point, and you've released music with mm-hmm. Jason. Yeah. And can you talk to us a bit about those songs that you released? Yeah, dude. So um, it's funny because we've released four songs, right? We released the EP with three, and then we released less. Released less than love as a single. Um, but we have like other songs that you've heard, like unreleased songs. We have probably like 10 or 12 other like decent songs. Obviously to us, they're not releasable. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably a few that, that are, and who knows, maybe they'll be released soon. Um, but yeah, it's funny dude. Cause like less than what we released this, like in September, like right before, it was right before Foco, it was like that weekend. And we had, ha- we made that song in third year. Um, and we started making music in second year in our, our old house. We had this loft, so we called you know, we, we had the studio in the loft, which was fun. So that was like where we really started making music. It was like this like whole little spot that was kind of enclosed from the rest of the house, and there was cool, sick acoustics in there, right? Because it's a small small little spot. Um, but yeah, so we kind of started there. Um, made a bunch of songs. O Town Girls being one of them. That was one of the first ones we made. Um, and then we got to Less Than Love, which I think was like, Jason like numbers all the beats, which is crazy, right? Because you can see how many he's actually made. I think Less Than Love was like, I want to say it was like 130. Wow. And, uh, and that's like, that's not 130 songs, but that's like Jason putting the work in. Because you have to remember, Jason like started like fresh when he, when he became a producer. Like he had, I mean, he had musical knowledge. He was in band and stuff in high school, but he had to learn like how to make all the beats and he kills it. Like it's crazy how quickly he's gotten really good at it. Yeah. Um, but Less Than Love, it was funny. We made it in third year and then dropped it um like not till like four or five months after and like we we kept telling ourselves like we're gonna make it better like you know we'll, and then eventually just like screw it like let's just drop it like it's good you know we're kind of having that artist dilemma where it's like it's a perfect yeah you know, like do you want to drop it um which i know you can almost understand right and uh so that was funny but the funny thing about that song is um the way like, how it was made like i remember i had a class on a friday night or friday night friday during the day and jay didn't have any class on friday i think and we're just getting home like one day and Jay's bumping the beat for it. He has his part. He's like, dude, you got to check this out. Like, this is so fire, right? So he shows it to me. He plays his part, you know, like a little bridge. Right? I just want a little bit more than that. Right before. I'm like, oh, shit. So I just pull up my phone. I'm not even kidding you. Wrote my verse in like 20 minutes. And that was that. One take. We recorded it. That was one take. That was one take. What you hear there. And I actually, like, I literally said in my verse, like, I don't know what to say from here. Like, that's because I literally was freestyling. <laughs> I was like, and I was just thinking in my head, like, oh, I'll just do it on another take, right? Yeah. But then that take ended up being the best one we got. Yeah. So we were like, okay, well, that's like, that was first take. That's the one we're going to go with. And it's just so funny how it worked out like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it was kind of, I, I love making music with Jason, dude. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. He kind of just, it, it's just so sick too, because like he's there, he's got his computer open, you know, he's like, 
mixing it as we're doing it. So you'll record something, and then he'll be like, okay, give me a second. Puts on the headphones. He gets into his zone. He gets into his zone, mixes it. He's like, all right, bro, you got to check this out. And then we play it on the speakers. So it's it's dope. It's, it's unique, too, because, like, and this is something I didn't know before I started recording with Jason. Everything is, like, you have to be dead quiet in the house. And you don't hear, like, you can, you can hear your voice back through one, like, headset, but you don't hear, like, anything... Um, around the house, like you can't, it has to be completely quiet or else the mic, like, like here, it'll pick up everything. And so it's kind of interesting, like when you're, when someone's recording, you're just listening to the acapella version of them singing it, mm-hmm. and you know, and you're wondering, oh, how's this going to sound? How's this flowing with the beat? And then it's kind of cool when you get to put it on after. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, I forget what question you even asked, but I just went off on a tangent yeah. there, but yeah, that, that was, uh, I do definitely love making music with Jason, dude. Yeah. It's, uh, so, so what is it about the connection you have with Jason that like makes your music so like, compatible yeah I, don't mean, I mean it's funny it's funny because jason and i first year really weren't very tight like we were friends like we weren't like you know best boys or anything and then like uh, we ended up living together in his second year and that's why i think when we really bonded and like i knew jason was musical because like in first year he always has banjo and his little guitar playing he's always playing like you hear him singing it too and i saw this guy's got a good voice but like didn't know he wanted to play and make music or anything and then yeah like we started he started making um beats he just downloaded it we didn't have any recording equipment and so it was funny, like the first couple of songs we made, it's just he would make the beats, we'd sit down, write something, and record it on our phone, you know, because mm-hmm. we didn't have actual recording equipment. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like I'd say where like the like the bond to create music solidified was just those first few studio sessions, like, you know, writing stuff, like saying, oh shit, this isn't bad, you know, bouncing ideas off each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like we, you know, we're pretty similar too. We're pretty similar guys. So like we agree on a lot of stuff. And like when we're writing about, about things, you know, like certain vibes, we can relate to each other. And, uh, yeah, we try to make it relatable for, like, for everyone. Like, you know, obviously it's easier said than done. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd say, like, the bomb was probably created just in those first few studio sessions in the second year when we were, like, holy shit, this is, like, a lot of fun. Like, let's just get, keep doing this. And then Jason, like, put all the work in, started making beat, 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 beat. And then when he, like, would find one that he really liked, he'd be like, yo, check this out. Like, let's write, let's write to it, you know? And mm-hmm. so that's kind of what we did. Um, but, yeah, that's probably where, where it was created. It's just interesting just because we weren't, like, super tight in first year and then, we kind of just became close uh, second year, and then yeah, I guess that's when the magic happened. Yeah. So I know that you as an artist, you're very drawn to lyrics, mm-hmm. and you you draw a big connection to other people's lyrics, oh, and sure. it influences your lyrics a lot. Yeah. So what is what is this about certain lyrics compared to others that kind of set you off? I mean, I love don't get me wrong, because I love storytelling. Like I love like Kendrick Lamar, J Cole. They're so good at, at at writing stories in their lyrics or in an entire album, like. Kendrick Lamar's damn album was a story and then at the end he like it literally it's it's crazy he has so like a lot of his albums are just stories and, and like throughout the songs you hear a story and uh I mean I love that don't get me wrong um and then you got a guy like you know Jack Harlow Travis Scott which are more like and, and Jack Harlow does have good, good lyrics don't get me wrong but they're more like bravado like it's setting a vibe and like it gets you hyped up or maybe mm-hmm. you know it, it makes you gets you in your feels or you know gets you thinking about that special someone right um which I love too so it's like it, it's I like both aspects. For me, like I like lyrics a lot that set a vibe, and that you know, like once you get you get into the song, you kind of get lost in the lyrics a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm not. I'm not a great lyricist yet. I'm still working on it. But that's what I try and create. You know, when I'm when I'm writing, I want to create a vibe, create something that, like you you could visualize in your head a little bit almost. You know, um, easier said than done. Again, like it's really hard, and I'm still nowhere near perfect at it. I'm trying to get better. But yeah, like guys that I look up to for sure. Like I love Jack Harlow for his flow. Like I think he, 
his flow, his cadence, he's super smooth when he rhymes. Like, it's almost like butter, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he's just so smooth with it. I don't know how to describe it, but, like, it's not choppy. Like, the way he pronounces and enunciates words, it's just like, damn, like, dude, this, this is next level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm like, definitely, like, really inspired by him. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, yeah, this, for me, it's definitely about, like, creating a vibe with the lyrics you write. Um, yeah. I, and like I, I want to work on storytelling because I haven't really done that mm-hmm. in my, in any songs. It's just really hard, and that's why like you know the greats like Kendrick and J Cole are so renowned and mm-hmm. so respected, just because mm-hmm. what they do is so hard. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think storytelling is important because it's one thing to be able to. I know that there are a lot of artists who don't necessarily tell a story, mm-hmm. but they still want to get a message across. Yeah, with storytelling, exactly. it's probably the. It's definitely like the easiest, well, not easiest, the best way to get something across. Exactly. Right? So I so 100% agree. When you're writing music, what goes on in your head? So, like, like, like I said, like, it's not always personal experiences, but, like, well, first off, I have to listen to the beat. And right away, I'm like, okay, how does this make me feel? Happy, sad, nostalgic? Like, do I want to write about Clara? Do I want to know, you know, like, Claire's struggles his, going on? Clara's his girlfriend. <laughs> Which is, she's a big inspiration to a lot of my music, for sure. Um, but, like, do I, you know, do I want to write about time with the boys, like, going up to colleges? Like, you know, like, it's, it's really dependent on the beat and how it makes me feel right away. And then once I figure that out, I try and, you know, think of, like, a first line or something, and then I try and get a flow going going in my head. And I, like the whole time, I'm like, like you know what? I'm I, I'm I'm not ashamed to say it. I don't write my lyrics on pen and paper. I, I write it on my phone. A lot of people write with pen, and they think that that helps them. And honestly, like it probably does. But for me, it's like I want to write it quick, and like, and I can delete and you know change things up quickly. But yeah, I'll have my phone in my hand the entire time, and then like I'll be like you know head bobbing and like trying to think of something. Jason's like, you know thinking of something too. We might bounce an idea off each other. Um, but yeah, like I just, you know, I, I want to think about what, how the beat makes me feel and then kind of go from there originally. And uh, like, don't, don't I, you definitely have to change up lyrics too. Like a lot of the time you'll write something and then you're like, okay, you can change one or two words that might, might make it smoother, you know? Yeah. So that's definitely something I do. Uh, and like I said too, like I'll think about like, like maybe stuff you've told me or, you know, stuff that like, I need the boys have told me about struggles, like achievements, like, mm-hmm. you know, different stuff and how they felt. Mm-hmm. And I'll incorporate that, you know, and I'll, like I'll write almost in third person like I'm talking about someone else. Mm-hmm. So I find that something cool that you can do in music too. And like, you know, I can't write, for me, it's tough just to only write about myself just because it's like, you know, like I'm not living a millionaire lifestyle where I've got all these crazy things going on in my life all the time. So in order to like, I sometimes just reach out in order to find inspiration and I'll like write about my boys or write about, you know, something that like hypothetically, like how I would feel if this was to happen or if this was this and this, you know? So that's like something I do, which I find is interesting. Yeah. But it's easy. I I mean, it's not, I I don't mean it's easy, but it's easier Mm -hmm. for these millionaire artists to be able to write because they'll literally book flights across the world exactly. so that they can change their environment so that they yeah. can oh, they yeah. can change their lyrics change their style change their vibe yeah. and i guess i really admire that being able to put yourself in other people's shoes mm-hmm. if you wanted to write not from pelly's perspective but from mine or yeah from clara's or, yeah you know exactly exactly and that's why i love to like you like we always sit down like have just live talks and shit mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, it's, it's great for, like, for us, for our mental health, just to talk about things. But then it also is great because it gives me inspiration on, like, you know, different vibes and mm-hmm. what people are feeling and how I'm feeling. And that just helps in the studio because then it's more to write about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, that's probably, yeah. Again, forget the question. That's okay. <laughs> but that's I'm like, taking these tangents for yeah. sure. I think I wanted to get into other artists that you look up to. Mm-hmm. So, I remember a combo we had a little back 
a little while back, you told me you admired and respected Ed Sheeran, and yeah. that wasn't for his success or for um, you know how many songs he's released, but it was because of how authentic he was. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's great. Now I remember exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, um, the thing I love about Ed Sheeran, um, not only just he's a great musician, super humble guy, is like he's not afraid to leave imperfections in his music. I'm like, I love that because it just shows like. I, I, I was telling you in the car on the way up to the college the other weekend, like, I guarantee Ed Sheeran, like, one takes half the songs he makes, you know? He just does it one time in the booth with his guitar. It's like, this sounds great, you know? This sounds authentic. This is how I want to release it. I'm like, it's great. It's like, I, I can't name the song now, but I, there's songs on his albums where you'll hear, like, a vocal crack when he's trying to go for a high note. And, like, a lot of artists are to be like, okay, redo, like, take that out. And Ed Sheeran keeps in them, which I, I think is great. So, you know, it's like, he's showing that, like, this is, like, pure for him and like he's not trying to put on a facade of like perfectious perfect perfectionism I don't, I don't know how that's going but you know, you know he, he'll leave that that stuff in which is hard to do like I, I'm not like good at that if I, if I don't like the way my voice sounds I'm like nah let's fuck that like, yeah. let's redo it yeah. but like you know I'm sure and you know I respect that a lot about him and, and it's, he's just a sick artist too right like it's crazy where he came from so I got a lot of respect for him and I, that's something I really do like about him just like he's not afraid to leave imperfection in his music yeah. so why don't you think other artists do that I'm sure there are other artists oh, for out sure. there like that but Ed Sheeran seems to own that as his own mm-hmm. he's like I'm not perfect mm-hmm. you know I, I make mistakes and I'm gonna leave that out there exactly. for people to, I feel like people are able to resonate with that more for sure for sure I mean like I can see it's, it's hard because like you just want to put the best product out there right mm-hmm. like you know you're attaching your name to something excuse me <laughs> and you want you want it to be good like you want people to hear it and you're like holy crap like Noah made this like mm-hmm. you know so it's 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 definitely like that's where the struggle comes in um, and then like oftentimes like I'm guilty I mean you just lose sight of, of the fact that you know people might appreciate it more actually to see you know the, the authentic like first take first cut of things you know and uh, like that, that's one thing that like, sometimes I wish like oh maybe we should release the songs we made early on because we show the growth that we've you know, we've made but then the end you know the perfectionist part of me goes no way like those are not worth releasing like you know we can't Jason and I have these conversations all the time you know it's like you know we got we have to have quality in our music but like, at the same time I've talked to Theo about this too it's like so yeah people do like to see the growth so it's definitely a struggle like an inner battle that I think a lot of artists go through it's like what's good enough to release why should we release it you know when should we release it like what's a good time um, is it good enough to release, you know? So that's, you know, like I said, that's like, I, I think that's probably why it's hard for a lot of people. Um, but, I, and like, obviously, like, you got to say it with a grain of salt, right? Because like, you don't want to put something where you like, look like belligerently messed up. You're like, ha you know, it shows yeah. that I'm a fool. And, yeah, you know, I think, exactly. I don't care that much. Like, obviously you want it to be good quality, but I think Ed Sheeran does it in the perfect way. Cause, yeah. Well, maybe know? he's, maybe his, <laughs> Maybe he's doing his, it on purpose. Maybe <laughs> his bad is... <laughs> yeah. someone else is good you know maybe maybe he's too good to actually be bad yeah you know? honestly straight up I wouldn't believe I, Ed Sheeran that he, that's him he, yeah. he's yeah he's, he's definitely like a goat for sure so Ed Sheeran aside who are some other artists you look up to and why oh it's funny dude because like, I could listen to all genres like grew up love Michael Bublé like when I when I perform mm-hmm. when I like you know like when I did competitions I would just cover Bublé all the time Jason Mraz Luke Bryan country artists you know and then, like, I started liking Travis Scott. Like, I love Travis Scott now. He's definitely one of my favorites. And, uh, again, it's, for him, it's, like, he's not a good lyricist, really. He kind of raps about vibes, but I, I like that. Um, and, like, I really get fired up to his music. Um, but, yeah, like, it's Drake, obviously. Like, um, Jack Harlow's a new one uh, that, like, you know, he's on the come up, and I really rate his style. Um, like, Ed Sheeran, like you said. It's, it, I really like all genres. I like country. Like, I like Luke Bryan. You know, I like... Um, I like I, 
I, I, I like all kinds of music. I, I, I would say that I vibe with some at different times, you know, like... Depends on the mood. Exactly. Depends on the setting. Yeah. And I'd like to think that I'm somewhat influenced by all of them, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I might have a little bit of the jazz tone in my voice from Buble, which I developed. And then, like, you know, sometimes I'll, like, you know, have a little twang or whatever it is, like, country. And then, you know, I, like, have that bravado, like I said, with Jack Harlow, Travis Scott. And so, yeah, it's like, I definitely try and take influence from all of them. Uh, but yeah, I, I do like all kinds of music. It's just different vibes for what I'm feeling. So I'd say most, like right now, I listen to mostly hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I love enjoy, I, I love, I, enjoy, I, I love like country music, just, you know, like driving to the cottage or yes. something like this just, or at the cottage, like there's just a time and place for all kinds of music, I think. Yeah. So but, because uh, you listen to all these types of music, you really do believe that they shape you into the artist that you are? I think that they definitely influence me, I, I would say. Like I want to also like, definitely want to create like not my own style but you know I want to be an individual when I'm making music and I don't want to try and sound like someone else but I definitely feel that they, they influence me 100% mm. um, yeah no doubt no doubt like definitely no doubt so cut that out <laughs> <laughs> so looking into the future you know if you were to maybe dream up this mm-hmm. ideal goal for yeah. yourself yeah. these ambitions what mm-hmm. does that look like well, for sure, I, I want to get my degree, get that out of the way. But I definitely, like, I want to focus on, like, on music for sure, and I want to make more music. It's just tough now because Jason's in Oakville. But, like, I was telling you, like, he's got new beats. He's going to be sending them to me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a mic, and hopefully we can kind of make it just as well that way. Um, but, like, I guess for goals, like, I would love to, like, you know, get on the same wave Jack Harlow is. Like, you know, come from, like, nothing to then slowly building up an audience and then eventually get big enough to where he's just releasing a song now with Little Wayne, Tory Lanez, and, and DaBaby. And, like, this yeah. guy came from nothing. And now he's got, like, some of the biggest artists in the industry that are getting on a song with him. So, obviously, that's the dream. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to say that I'd be disappointed if it didn't happen. Like, I've told you, I love making music for the people around me. And, like, yeah. just hearing you guys sing my songs and, like, knowing the lyrics, that's, like, enough satisfaction for me. Like, that feels so good, you know? Just knowing that you guys, like, resonate with my music, you, like, vibe to it and you like it, like, that's enough for me. Like, I, I, obviously, I, I would love to keep going. I, like, I'm going to try, but that's not the reason I'm making music, you know? It's not just so I can get big or try and get money off of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I genuinely enjoy it, and I love, like, when, like, the boys and then our friends just, love, like, vibe out to the music. It's so, so satisfying. And I really want to make a music video. Yeah. Like, everyone, yeah, just get, like, a sick music video, you know? Just... Mm-hmm. For you know, for shits and gigs, <laughs> like it'd be it'd be fun. So Jack Harlow, obviously a big inspiration to you, and you just mm-hmm. mentioned that he started from nothing and mm-hmm. now he's huge. Yeah. So exactly. what did that look like for him? Like how did he? How did he? Well, do that? I remember like when I started following, and this was like this was on Instagram. When, like when I started following like his social media after listening to a couple of his songs, this was like 2016, his first year, and he had like 100k followers. Right. He was still he was decently known, but he was definitely not huge or anything. Right. And now the guy's got almost a million, and like. I don't, it, it just it seems so fast like he's released a couple he's released like three or four um a couple eps and an album and they all have like they're all solid albums like i think like what i think is if you make quality music somehow some way people are going to hear it mm-hmm. i think that's kind of what happened with him like he just kept putting solid music out and eventually someone's got to listen right and, and they did and everyone was like holy crap this is like this little white kid from louisville kentucky can rap like he's mm-hmm. sick you know and so that's kind of what happened and like I love him too because he, he doesn't forget where he's from. He always shouts out, you know, his hometown. Um, he's got his like his day ones by his side, which I also rate a lot about him. Um, and he seems like I mean, obviously he's got that bravado, but he doesn't seem like he's like lost himself. He, he still like tries to stay, you know, humble and mm-hmm. grounded, which I also like. Um, but yeah, it seemed like he you know, he just kind of after he released those albums, like 
time like each album he released he kind of became a little bit more like okay this guy's you know he's on to something mm-hmm. and then like his last album his latest one sweet action like i i, I like five of the seven songs on our album like and i i would like to say like i have a pretty picky taste in music and like he he killed it with that album and what's popping was on it and i mean like you know couple big guys in the industry here and like they hear the songs one was all over tiktok like all the big songs right out of his and so that's probably some like some some channel for it to get out there yeah but you know like little my guy like little wayne hears it like this like little wayne i guarantee you never heard of jack harlow before you know he hears the song he's like shit like i want to hop on this and then there you go and then now he's got little wayne like as a connection forever you know like he's just and like for me to him like for me that was like him making it, you know, getting yeah. with those guys. Yeah. Cause it's like, damn, it just shows you like, like he's up there now. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's being recognized by some of the greats. Like Lil Wayne's one of the greatest, you know, in terms in the rap, in the rap industry, you know? Um, so yeah, like it, it definitely, it just boils down to, I think a continuous, like good music, good quality music. And if you do that, then eventually you'll get, you'll get noticed. If not by the big guys, at least your friends, you know what I mean? But yeah, he, uh, he definitely, like, he, he rose fast. It only took him a couple of years. He, he has some bangers, man. Like, I like he's definitely one of my top artists right now mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, and he's, he's relatively new on the scene. So, yeah, definitely, he's a big inspiration for me. I like him. So early on in this episode, you mentioned that there was a part of you at one point in time that wasn't as into singing as you used to be. Mm-hmm. That um, you didn't feel as motivated to, mm-hmm. you know, sing to do anything yeah, like that right yeah so for sure what happened what was going on uh, like, well like like uh, for one like i i almost let my ego kind of get in the way i was like a, like for a while like in middle school you know you went through this similar thing where people you know shame you or bully you because you're good at something and often like as kids you don't realize it, it's just because you know they're, they're trying to bring you down bring themselves up and wait or maybe they're just jealous of you and that for a little bit took away kind of like the love for it just because I, I didn't want to be bullied or embarrassed about singing um, and also, like, I played competitive sports and, like, uh, and, and you know the locker room vibe and all the boys are together, like, lacrosse and minor lacrosse, like, I, I was definitely bullied for singing and that partly took away my love for it, as well as just the fear, like I mentioned before, of competition, like, and not wanting to mess up. Yeah. But for that reason, yeah, for, like, definitely a year or two, I would say, like, I, I wasn't as into it. I still sang, don't get me wrong, and I would, but, like, I was definitely more, I wasn't doing it for the love, I was doing it because I felt like I had to, mm-hmm. you know, because I was a singer. Like, I, sometimes, I remember telling myself, like, I wish I couldn't sing, because then I wouldn't be expected to sing all the time, oh my God. you know? Like, I remember, like, now it's like, I'm so happy that I have a voice and I can yeah. sing, and this, but there was definitely parts where I was like, I just wish I couldn't sing, because then I wouldn't be expected to sing so much, right. you know? Like, everyone went, oh, you're the singer, like, sing for me, sing this, sing that, you know? And, like, also, like, there's definitely a lot of reasons, but... Um, yeah, definitely like fear of, you know, not being as good as someone else, fear of being bullied or shamed about something that you're like, that you're passionate about. Um, yeah. And, you know, also my ego, like I didn't want to be like that soft guy who just loves singing, you know, I was like, I gotta be this like macho rock, like hockey player, you know? So that definitely like took away a little bit of like my love for it. Um, but I'm, I'm really happy I got it back. Cause I, you, know, you get to like, a, well, I just got to a point where it was like, like, I really don't care. Like if you're going to bully me or shame me or bring me down about singing, like you've got the problem, not me. It's like, if you don't have anything nice to say, why say it? Constructive criticism, okay, that's a little bit different. But if you're just going to be like, haha, like you're gay, like you're saying, haha, like fuck you, like why do you sing? It's so stupid. It's just like, honestly, unbelievably, that's what I got all the time. Like that's what people would say. I'm like, I'm like, I'm good at it. Like why wouldn't I do it? You know, like, and that's what what I kind of just realized. And then, like, as people get older, too, they get more mature, and then, and like, now, like, you never, like, I'm, 
no one said anything to me. And like, you know, I think people respect the fact that I sing. Like, yeah. People respect the fact that you dance, right? And like, you went through the same stuff that I did. So it's like, you just get to that point where you're like, if you really are going to say this to me, it's like, you've got the problem. It's not, I shouldn't be ashamed about it. You should be ashamed of what you're saying to me. You know what I mean? Like, you're just bringing me down for absolutely no reason. Mm-hmm. Like, no reason at all. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like probably what got me back into it. I was like, screw these guys. You know, like, you don't have to like me fine. You don't have to like the music I make. That's okay. But like, you know, if you're just going to talk shit to me for absolutely no reason, it's like, I don't need you in my life. Like, if you're that kind of person, yeah. all right, screw you. Like, move on. You know what I mean? I guess this is a lot about um, what it takes to, you know, do something with what you love, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're going to let those people stop you from mm-hmm. pushing, pushing yeah. on. And, you know, if you had stopped back then, you you're wouldn't have this music too, out. Right? Exactly. You're letting them win. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you're someone that obviously likes competition yeah. but also doesn't like to lose so yeah. why would you let them <laughs> exactly. make you lose right? yeah, yeah so yeah that, that was definitely a big thing and I think just people matured too like obviously like as little kids you don't like you know you're gonna brass your friends and I get that like it wasn't so like everyone who like you know I wasn't like uh, like crazy bullied you know but like I definitely felt like the effects of it mm-hmm. um, but yeah I think just people mature as you get older including me and then you just kind of you know realize it's more things in life than worrying about what the next guy already thinks about you saying Mm-hmm. And even if he does say, think something, who really cares that much, mm-hmm. you know? So if you were to leave our listeners with kind of like a little bit of um, who you are, mm-hmm. right? What would you say? Like a piece of inspiration, something that... Yeah, you know, okay. Like, what I'd say is I think, I think I'm a pretty passionate guy. Yeah. And I think for sure, if you're going to have passion about something, this is like what I would say to anyone. Like if you can have passion about something, you can be good at it or you can make it a part of your life. Like there's a lot of people say, oh, like, you know... I want to do this, but I'm not good enough or I don't like that. Like you have that passion for it. You like it. You can get there for sure. And that's something that I think, I think I, I realized, like even going back into lacrosse, like it took me a little while. I was like, I love this sport. I want to do it. And I like it took me a year. Like I, I didn't make the team the first year. I was like, I want to continue with this. I was passionate about it. And I put the work in and I was able to make the team the second year. Mm-hmm. So like just, just a small example of things that like that, you know, happen in everyone's lives. If, if you're passionate about something, I definitely think that it's worth pursuing because you don't, you know, like there's a reason you're passionate about something. You obviously love it and you identify with it. So if there's anything I can leave that leave with anyone, like that's probably it. Just, you know, stay passionate and find things that, like, that you know, like fuel your inner fire for mm-hmm. sure. And if you're willing to, if you got cut the one year mm-hmm. and you're still willing to come back, that says a lot about it. That mm-hmm. is a passion. Exactly. If you weren't passionate about it, you you're wouldn't have like, kept oh, going. I'm done. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely like if you're passionate about it, you know, try your best to get there. Because, you know, even if you don't, you'll be really happy you tried your best. And you'll be really happy. You'll feel, you'll feel accomplished even in that. Absolutely. So that's Sweet. for sure. That's definitely what I'd, I'd leave all my listeners with. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, before we actually end this, we're going to do the Mountain oh, yeah. Minute. Do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so, like I said, it's a rapid fire round of questions. You're going to see, you're going to try and answer them as fast as possible. And we're going to go from there. All right, let's go. This, 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 this is, is the, the Mountain Man. Two, one. Favorite movie? Uh, Glorious Bastards. Favorite food? Nachos. <laughs> Go to breakfast. Okay, yeah. Hearty breakfast. You gotta have eggs, sausages, home fries, beans, and rye toast. And ketchup drizzled all over that shit. <laughs> you gotta have ketchup on there. <laughs> Favorite song? Currently? Yeah. Okay, currently out front by Jack Harlow, all time probably home by Michael Bublé. Mm. Where'd you first hear both those songs? Uh, out front was at Western this past year because the song, the album's fairly new. Uh, home had to be when I was like a kid. My mom definitely played it at some point. I just vibe with it because she loved Michael Bublé before I did. 
So what is your guilty pleasure song? I honestly guilty. I love Rihanna, bro. <laughs> I'm big guilty pleasure. Rihanna's a bad, boss, like a boss ass bitch, man. She, sure, I shouldn't say that boss ass woman. I shouldn't. Say, there you go. <laughs> favorite day of the week? Friday, Friday or Saturday, Friday. Friday. Least favorite day of the week? Mondays, obvious. <laughs> Sundays or Mondays? So they're both shitty, honestly. Favorite color? Uh, red. What time do you usually go to bed? Uh, it changes. When I'm at Western, it's bad, like 2 o'clock. Here, I'm actually in a pretty good schedule because I'm working like 11, 30, 12. Hmm. Not too bad. So what time do you usually wake up? Now, like 8, 30. Um, when I'm at Western, bro, it can, like, it can range from like 11 to like 1. Sometimes 10 on an early morning. If you could make any animal your pet, what animal would you choose? Oh, shit. That's a hard one. Mm. I love, like, I, I mean, I, I always see those people who have tigers. Like, the tiger king, I was like, damn, I wish I'd have a tiger. Mm-hmm. Like, for sure, a tiger would be up there. Definitely maybe a shark. Mm-hmm. If I could somehow have, like, a huge-ass aquarium in my, in my fucking house. <laughs> That'd be pretty dope. One day? Yeah. If you could change the stigma around one thing in the world, what would it be? Holy, that's a tough one. Um, bro, I, I gotta think about that one. One second. Um, stigma about anything in the world, eh? Um, I would say a big thing, and I think something that we're learning now is just the fact that, um, like the stigma that crime is associated with like evil or bad people. You know, I've realized now that like a lot of laws that are put in place, um, are, are meant to suppress and keep state in power. And I know this is kind of like off topic completely, but it's definitely like something I'd like to change the stigma around just because like yeah, law, law does not like legality does not always equal morality in my in my mind like there are a lot of laws that are meant to suppress instead of actually you know protect um, and enable people so that's something I definitely like, I want the stigma and I think it is changing I definitely think that people are opening including me like this is you know recent like obviously with all the, the movements going on and the protests uh, it's definitely something I'm learning about and continuing to educate myself but that's definitely something like in terms of that I can think off the top of my head right away that I think needs to be addressed and needs to be changed well said. If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? Travis Scott. <laughs> I live in the hills. Like, come on. If you could have any superpower, what would you choose? Super speed. Sweet or salty? Salty. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Rain or shine? Shine. Day or night? Night. Favorite number? 11. Where do you want to travel? I want to go back to Europe for sure. Um, I'd love to go to Italy obviously um germany i wanted you know i got some like heritage there so i'd love to check out germany um yeah definitely europe fill in the blank this podcast is super fucking dope it's yeah. too damn fire <laughs> too damn fire <laughs> no, that's sweet Self- no, that's awesome plug. it's uh no so i really like i like what you're doing bro i think you, you got good guests on and you have good conversations so i think that's like what you need right that's conversations cool. move people forward and i think this is a good channel that does that so a good podcast for sure. Appreciate it. I'm that. happy. I'm honored to be on it. So thank Hell you. Yeah. Well, thank you here. for your time. Thank you for sitting down with me. And of thank course, you man. for talking about yourself as an artist. Let's go. Let's go, baby. <laughs> thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of the Mountain Movers podcast. Now, if you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a rating and a review. Until next time, keep climbing. Love always. Jake.